0: Hello puppets, it's Sax here and you are listening to my sometimes rowdy and always useful podcast Shit's Getting Real. A show about all things growth, mindset, health, wellness and my most favorite of all, chit chats with the girls. Now look, we are all in search of a direction into the evolution of our higher selves. And sometimes what we don't realize is the highest intention you can possibly have is to just have some fun. So I am here to share it all with you. Sit back, lay down or jump up whatever you feel like doing today and let yourself experience, evolve and have a whole lot of fun. welcome back everyone and massive massive welcome to katie i am so excited to bring you guys into katie's world we met not even very long ago and we are literally twins like we even have the same hair now so we're literally twins and i just absolutely love everything that she has to offer all of her amazing stuff so without further ado welcome to the podcast katie
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I love that we, even before we met, like our mutual friends were like, how the hell do you guys not know each other? Like, how has this not (laughs) happened already? you are literally the same person. And then we met and we're like, yay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so I get everyone to just introduce themselves um, by what they do. So tell us, what is it that you do specifically within the coaching world? Amazing. Yeah. So obviously I'm a coach.
1: This is like, it's such an interesting question, right? I think the, the blanket response is I just coach badass women. You know, I coach people. I'm really in the space where I'm coaching women that are in a good position and they're ready to fucking take it to great. Like they're ready to, to dig that little bit deeper to go further into their psyche. I'm huge with shadow work. I'm huge with the like deeper inner you know, work um and so yeah that's that's what I do but they're buddy baddies
0: in my world let me tell you I love this so much and I know that a lot of the stuff that you've been posting recently has been a lot about energetics too, which is super exciting and it actually has to do with what we want to talk about today in regards to relationships because I know you made a massive decision in your long-term relationship and I was super inspired about that story and I wanted to bring you on to talk about that to just speak to other people in that are maybe feeling that way or who feel like there is more for them, they're at that good and they want the great. But before we do get started, the first question that I ask every single guest, what was that moment for you when you realized like, actually this shit's getting real in regards to life?
1: In regards to life, I actually, I remember it distinctly. I was sitting on my bed in my tiny house, a shipping container house I was living in at the time with my partner at the time, and I had just finished reading The Alchemist. I literally closed that book and I took a deep breath and I like held the the polarity of that that moment right where it was like, "Oh my god, everything's about to change." And holy fuck, everything's about to change. Like I I knew that I was like, "Okay, it's time to make some moves here. It's time to pull on my big girl panties and, and go after the life that I want and stop pretending to.
0: Love that. I love that so much. And so speak to us a little bit about sort of where you were at before that. Cause I know like when we were speaking about it, you had the ideal relationship from the outside perspective. Um, So can you talk to us a little bit about what life was like for you before that moment?
1: Oh my God. It's, it was brilliant. Like and it's not to even to say that it was necessarily just from the outside brilliant. It was brilliant within it as well. I think when you are like gifted the beautiful experience of, of a loving relationship, it's, it just wraps you up, right? Like it totally wraps you up and ties this beautiful little neat bow around you. And I think the key things that I was recognizing is that things can be brilliant and amazing and they can still end. And I think like, that's a huge, that was, I wish somebody had have said that to me when I was having these thoughts, because I'm like, but this is so great. Like, why can I not turn off this inkling or this nudge or this like pull or desire for not even necessarily more? I don't particularly like utilizing that word, but just different. Like, I was feeling this pull for me to be so vastly different. And in that moment and like, and in those moments towards the end of that relationship, I just had this recognition, like this realization rather that it was like the version that I am becoming, that version of me, the evolution of me is no longer a a good fit for this relationship. And it doesn't mean that I love him any less. It like, it honestly probably means I love him more that I was willing to actually say, this has to end. Because it's unfair on him as well. You know, like I was evolving and changing so drastically and I didn't want to stop that. And I knew that that couldn't come with me. That relationship couldn't come with me. So I think when you're in that like internal debate, it's essentially what's happening, right? Is you're doing this play. You're doing this power play. And we do it all the time, whether it's in, like we literally do it every single time we go to buy something. That's like the easiest way to go, oh yeah, I do that. When we have our higher self drop in and they're like, oh, here's a little whisper. Here's a little thought. Have you thought about this? And then we have our ego jump in and be like, hang on, this is our current concept of self. Have you thought about this, this, and this? Like, this is going to challenge everything that you know about yourself right now. And ultimately we choose the safer option. Always. We will always choose the safer option. And it got to a point where it was safer for me to choose my evolution over choosing to remain in that, that particular relationship. And when I say relationship, it's not even just the relationship that I separated from. It was that whole life. Like it was that whole like sense of being and that sense of identity across so many different areas of my life. That was the the catalyst. That was the domino, right? Where it's like, everything starts to fall after that. And my heart goes out to people going through it because it's heartbreaking. It really is. And when, and when you think about heartbreak and you think about that visual of something being ripped apart, it's so fucking accurate. Like you feel it in your soul and know that great things come from that. Like I'm a big believer in duality. I'm a big believer in like bandwidth, right? It's like, if you can, if you can hold on, and if you can continue to keep your head held high and continue to move forward with courage and grit and determination towards that, that life, that vision, that whisper that you chose to listen to, cause you did choose it. it like if you, if you do that,
0: life rewards you in the most magical ways. A hundred percent. And so I know you were saying that you have sort of that ego that comes in. What were some of the things that maybe you started to notice like at the start? Because just for context, like you were in this relationship for 13 years. So what age were you when you met him again?
1: I met him when I was 13 and he was 14 and we started dating when I was, when I was 14 and yeah, he was 15.
0: Yeah. I just turned 30 (laughs) and how old were you? Yeah. (laughs) And so it was a couple of years ago now that that situation happened. But what were the things that you noticed that you started to say to yourself? Because I had a a lot shorter of a relationship, but a similar experience where there was nothing really particularly wrong in the relationship itself. And there was so much love between the two people. And we knew that the future of what we actually wanted was just completely opposite. And so it was like, yes, this is amazing. And this is great. And there's so much love right now. And we're going to end up absolutely hating and resenting each other because one of us is going to have to give up our goals. And so at that time, a lot of my self-talk was around, um, I just need him to change. Like I need him to change and see it my way. Like my way is so much better. And it was that sort of case of being like, no, like you're wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm right. So what was it like for you at that stage?
1: I think pretty similar. I think I am so ambitious and that like that oomph, that grit within me, that's like, like, go and see what you can achieve, Kate. Like, go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. It's like, yeah, my partner at the time, he was so beautifully content with the life that we had created. And he was – like, he just couldn't wrap his head around it. He's like, why? Like, why would you possibly need to, like, be more and create more and stretch and continue to expand? And I think, yeah, quite similar, Sax. It's like, I – And it's only really in the last couple of years when I've been like, have increased my own self-awareness to be able to, to witness it and look at it for what it actually was. And, and I think in those, Earlier days when we had first separated, I think the excuse that I utilized a lot was oh, was our lack of communication. Like, like, and I it was like, I was very much blaming him for his lack of communication, right? And when I look at it now, I so clearly can see that I too was so blinded because I was so in my way. Like, I was so like, what do you mean you don't want to like take over the world, right? Like, oh, like it was so hard <laughs> to wrap my head around. I'm like, what are you? like, how can you not be thinking about this and not be thinking about like this evolution, this expansion and like, what can we do? What can we create? How much impact can we make? And so it's funny because it's like, they always say there's two, like three sides, right? There's like my version, his version, and then what actually happened. And I think the more that we mature and evolve, we really start to look at that and see it for what it, for what it was. But it was definitely at the time, it was those thoughts of like, I just like, how does he not want to grow? Like, how does he not want to expand? How can he? And for, a big thing for me at the time was I really wanted to move out of our small town. Um, and he was like, it was just not even, it wasn't even on the table as a, as a conversation. It was like, oh, I, I just don't, I just won't even bring it up. Cause I already know the answer. Like that's the mindset that, that I was in. And so, yeah, it's funny. Cause I think back now and I'm just like, the analogy that I utilize is that I had a, like a beautifully laid out dining table right and the candles are there and there's like mm. all of the all of the crockery and the cutlery and the, the beautiful white tablecloth and 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 the wine everything's all set out so perfectly and then I just stood up and flipped it and was like I need to start again like you, you go through those moments because it's so internal right like and I know that we've had this conversation um briefly already Sax. it's like it's so internal and there's this internal battle and you're back and forth and back and forth. And it does, it gets to a point where like you rip the band-aid off where it's like, you know what? I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it for one more second. I can't pretend that I'm okay with this reality for one more fucking second. And it gets to that breaking point and like it's okay that it gets to that breaking point. And I think I wish I had somebody in my corner telling me, and I'm sure I did. It's just didn't want to hear it at the time. Like telling me like, this: <laughs> you're going to be okay after this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, Do you think that's a major reason as to what was holding you back from making that decision when you knew that it was right? Because I know for me in my situation, there was probably around a six month period before we actually split up. And I actually wasn't the person who split up with him. He split up with me in the end. However, it was a case of a mutual decision on the basis of the reasons why we split up were the things that I had been complaining about rather than the things he had been complaining about. And it was funny because it was all that. It was like, but you don't want to move and you don't want to grow and you don't want to do all of these things. Like, how can you just want to stay here and buy a house and have kids? Like, I just don't, I actually don't see that for myself. And so it was a case of probably for like six months beforehand, we kept having that same reoccurring conversation of being like, but I want to move, but I want to do this, but I want to do that. And it, I felt it in me and I knew that it was coming. And I remember even maybe like three, four months before we actually split up, there was a time when I was driving in a car and a Sam Smith song came on and I literally just started bursting out crying. I'm pretty sure it was um, too good at goodbyes, which is like always makes me cry, but it was... Just such a crazy moment for me because I was going to pick my mum up from the airport and I just finished work for the day and I was like bawling my eyes out, grieving the loss of a boyfriend who was still my boyfriend. And I was like, this is such a weird feeling, but I just know that we're breaking up soon. Like, I just know that this is the end. Um. So, what was that like for you? Like, how long was that sort of period for you? I think more intensely,
1: like this happened through COVID as well. So I had an opportunity to go super internal, which I'm actually really thankful for, right? Like without the external influence of people around me, I think that there were a couple of times and it's normal in a relationship as well to have those like fleeting kind of thoughts of like, Oh, is this actually what I want? Again, we were together for 13 years. I remember not only like not that long ago, I came across an old journal and I was 25 at the time. So that's two years prior to a separating. And I'd written something in there to say like, fuck, I just, I don't know if we want the same things. Like I yeah, was just in this really like getting caught up in my own whirlwind of ambition and struggling to see how he was going to fit in that. And, and to see how he was going to be happy within that is probably a better way to put it. And I remember bringing it up with close friends, bringing it up with my family, like 14 to 27 is a huge chunk of my life. Like we've so intertwined, like we grew up together. Like we grew up together. We like, we through those very key development years, those like that initiation into adulthood, we were doing it together. So it's like, so much of my identity was so wrapped up in him and vice versa. And then if you think about the, like our family and friends did not know us as individuals. They didn't know us as individuals. Yeah. Like they knew us as it's those two, like that's how it is. And I think when I had brought it up with family or friends, I were like, oh yeah, but like, you're not actually going to do anything. Are you like, look at who it is. And It's so Mm -hmm. fair that they would say that and also, like, fuck you. Like, (laughs) you know, it's like because, again, (laughs) he is incredible. Like, he's incredible. Like, we love him, sending him love all the time. However, I knew, I knew, and I so desperately at that particular point in time did not trust myself enough because I'd never been alone. It's like when you're 14, you're answering to your parents. Mm. Like, oh, I was because I was a goody two-shoes. And then being in a relationship until the age of 27, I had never, ever experienced this inner trust of this inner safety to have a thought, have it go against like what everybody external to me thought, and then to still trust that it was right for me. I had never, ever in my life experienced that. So it's like, I had always had somebody in my corner being like, yeah, good one. Yeah. Nice one, Kate. Like, yep, do that. No, nope, do that. Yeah, like I always had someone external to be backing me. And in that in that moment, I was like, I don't know where I need to pull this from, but I needed to pull some fucking insane courage right now to trust myself in this moment. Because when it actually got to, to crunch time, like I said, it was through COVID. So I had so – he was still able to go to work. So I had so much time by myself. Like I've never anchored mm. into myself more in my life. And then reading that book, The Alchemist, and that like beautiful message, if people haven't read the book to kind of give a really quick summary in a sentence, it essentially tells you that if you if you avoid listening or you or you don't listen to that little voice within you that's telling you to do something and you know it to be true, if you don't listen to it, eventually it will stop talking to you. And then my biggest fear, my biggest fear ever, it always has been, is to not realize my potential. And to not continue to grow and evolve. And so I read that and I was like, well, if that's not a sign. I don't know what it is. Like, what's more important to you, Kate? Like your self-actualization or, or staying where you are right now? And will you be happy? And like you said, will you resent him and resent the life? And like, I really want to be a mom. I really want to have kids. And I was even going through my head, the thought of like, okay, if I leave this relationship, there's a likelihood that I will never find love again and that I will never have children. And am I still willing to do it? And the answer was yes, because one of my biggest fears would be resenting my children and and putting that blame external to myself, knowing that I didn't have the guts to look at myself in the mirror and accept that responsibility for not making that choice. So I think it gets to a certain point and I'm sure you can relate where you like not making a choice isn't even a fucking option. Like it gets to the point where there is only one choice to make and it feels like it's not even you that makes it like with those big (laughs) life altering things you're like this isn't even me I don't even know like I don't even know what is in me right now that's helping me have this courage to get over this line and I think people listening like you can map this across to like of course you can put it into relationships but you can map it across to like career right when you've made those big career decisions where you're like fuck I'm gonna make this huge investment in my business or fuck I'm gonna quit my job and i don't know what i'm doing next but i know i can't do this job anymore it's like it's that same feeling where this courage is just like electric through your body this huge surge of adrenaline where it's like with <laughs> my mind goes to like a mother like lifting a car off her child like literally where it's just like mm. let's go like there's no other option here
0: you're in and this- yeah exactly and it's so true because it does take an insane amount of courage and i think that it takes a lot of, of that safety of yourself. And I had gone through like a really messy breakup. Oh, well, it wasn't even messy, but it was just a toxic relationship in general prior to that. And I think that that was something that really held me in that relationship for longer than it we needed to be there too, because of the fact that I was like, oh, I don't want to have that same experience. And my breakup was like, Incredible. Like, I had such an incredible journey. I got to move in with my friends and, like, have so much time. And it wasn't easy. Like, I was heartbroken and I was so sad for so long. However, I had so much belief in the new direction that I was going. And I knew that this was doing what was actually true for me that it felt easier. It actually felt as though I was being led rather than having to, like, crawl myself to the finish line, if that makes more sense. And so it really is that case of when you have that thought who just keeps coming back and back and back and back and back, when you actually trust it, yes, it may hurt and yes, it may be hard, but it's actually easier than resisting it. Absolutely. I actually read a quote, um, one of the like
1: biggest quotes that have ever changed my life. It was around the same time that, that I had made that decision. And it was, you can do what's easy now for a hard life, or you can do what's hard now for an easy life. And because the easy thing would have been to have stayed, right? Like I had everything Mm -hmm. that inverted commas I should have wanted at the age I was, right? And I knew that it would have equated to an extremely hard life. And I knew that if I did the hard thing, the hardest possible thing that I could comprehend at that time. And really, if I look back over the course of my life, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. So if I look back at that, it's like that equates to an easy life because like you said, you're, you're allowing yourself to be led by this like this intuition, this like higher self, this higher power that is saying like, come on, I know it's hard and come on. And like, that's kind of the voice that's like constantly, was constantly in my head throughout that time was like, come on, keep going, come on, keep doing the things like You've got this, you've got this, you've got this. And like, fuck, I remember when I first went back to work at the time I was working in an F 45. So I, after we separated, I think I had like two weeks and I moved back in with my parents, which I'm so thankful I was able to because I was literally a shell of a human. Like, I was devastated. And I remember going back to work and F 45, if you don't know, is very high energy. Like, and I went back into that environment and it was, it was my job to hold a high vibe. I remember there being times when I had to go into the bathroom and I would trace my finger around the outline of the bricks and box breathe They're like to regulate myself because I was just like, I feel like I'm going to die in this moment. This is how challenging this is for me to hold my shit together right now. And I'd go in there and I'd be in there for like five minutes and I'd come out and I'd be like, okay, I've got this. Like, and the other trainers that I was working with at the time were amazing. They just look at me and I'd be like, I'm good. Like I'm hanging in like, but like to be able to, and then I look back on those moments now and I go, fuck, like just that power that we have and everybody has it within us. You just don't realize that you've got it until you have to tap into it. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to experience that level of power and grit and determination within myself and resilience, and my ability to sit in it, I remember there being times when I was just like so, so sad, so unbelievably sad. And in my parent, in my like high school bedroom at my parents' house, they had the mirrored um, wardrobes, and I remember catching myself in the mirror when I was in that state and we all know this state, right? Like it's fucking Mm -hmm. not cute. Like (laughs) the ugliest like version of yourself ever, like just full fucking despair, like drama.com and like warranted. And being in that moment and catching myself in the mirror, I remember like locking eyes with myself and like just saying to myself, feel it, like feel all of it. Like get Mm -hmm. this out, allow yourself to, to get it out. Like witness yourself getting it out. Love yourself through this, like in inverted commas, like dark time or like allow yourself to Mm -hmm. process so that you are not carrying this forward. Like get this fucking energy out of you. And it's funny because at the time I think about what I do now and, and like in the coaching industry. And like you said, i work a lot with energetics and shadow and all that kind of stuff. It's like I was already fucking doing it without even realizing that I was doing it. And I love that so much. Like our cheeky unconscious mind dropping those little seeds for us, hey?
0: Yeah. And it always happens. It always happens. And so what were some things that when you first went through that helped you a lot in the beginning? Because I know for me, it felt as though it was super isolating. People didn't understand because it, it was as if all of my friends had only had bad breakups. Nobody had had a good breakup where like it they, they just, they they couldn't help me because I felt as though I was so different to them. And even to a point of the same with you, I know that with all of your friends, everyone was like, what do you mean you guys broke up? Like you guys are the strongest couple out of everyone. And so it was like everyone was else was in so much shock that they, almost didn't know what to say or how to support me or what they could tell me or what they couldn't tell me and what would be triggering because there was nothing specifically like wrong and there was no cut off or being like, no, you can't tell me anything. Like we still hung out in the same friend group. Although I obviously spaced myself a lot at the start for my own healing. Um, And so I really wish that I had someone who had been through what I had gone through, who could give me the advice that I needed? So what is something that you wish that you could tell yourself back then?
1: Oh my God. Like it gives me goosebumps even thinking about that. I think I honestly, I don't think I would even really need to tell myself anything. Cause I just, I fucking did it. You know, like I, I got in there and I did it. And I think everything that I would tell myself, I knew in that moment. And that was, you're doing it, Kate. And it's okay. And I knew it. I knew it in that moment. Like I knew that I was going to be okay. I knew that he was going to be okay. I knew that it was the best thing for both of us. And I was so proud of myself for having the balls to fucking do something about it. And then when, if I think about that as well, it's like, and that, that whole journey of like what that process looked like for me is I just wanted to be in my energy. So like, yes, We had all the same friends. Like we were together for 13 years. We had all of the same friends and I just detached from everybody intentionally. I was like, I actually can't. And you know, at the time, part of me, like, again, like ego, massively ego. Part of me was just like, oh no, he, he needs this more than I do. It was this inability to be witnessed external to myself. Like I was happy to witness myself going through that level of despair and crumbling And I felt like I had to protect other people from seeing me like that. Does that make sense? So it's like, yeah, when, and I, it's only really recently been within the last year, I think where I've allowed people to witness me in those hard times and to not be by myself and to not isolate and be like, okay, the best thing for everybody right now is if I deal with this myself is if I totally isolate and I, like I totally got through it cause I'm a fucking boss, but it's like, it would have been really fucking nice for me to allow somebody else to witness me in that at that time. Yep. I think about that like depth of, of love that I have for myself now. And it's because I've been able to witness myself through all of that. And then think about the the depth that you have with friendships or, um or clients or, People within your world, the depth is equal to what you are either holding them through or what you're allowing them to hold you through. And I just, I wish that I would have, that's the thing I probably would say, let people see you in this. It's like, I know that, I know that, you know, you're going to get through it. And I know that, you know, that you're stubborn and you're fine and you want to just deal with it yourself and allow people to, to witness you through it. Cause people fucking wanted to so bad, so bad. They were like, I'm coming over. And I'd be like, I'm not answering the door. Like I actually refuse to have any other energy around me right now. And uh, yeah, it's really, it's interesting. I haven't ever really thought about it like that, but it's, it's funny to see that progression through myself and the depth now that I have with my relationships purely because I'm willing. And I actually, like, if I'm having a hard time now, I like the first thing I do is text my girlfriends and just say, I'm having a really hard time right now. I'm actually okay. And I'm having a really hard time. I don't want to be sitting in this by myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's honestly so much better. I moved in with a best friend straight away, like within a week of me and my ex breaking up. And so I was in that energy of being around somebody else. And it was so healing because there was lots of times that I had by myself. There was lots of letter writing. There was lots of journaling. There was lots of other things. However, just having that person to be there and to just literally like there was a day where i went for a walk and i came home and i was bawling my eyes out and she literally opened the door and she was like i've got to go i've got to do my makeup but if you want to sit in the bath while i do my makeup like you can talk to me about it and it was just so nice because it was like i could have quite easily self-isolated at that point and just being able to talk about it with her for that hour that she was doing her makeup when she left, I felt so much better already rather than being like pushing that emotion down, down, down and being like, hide, 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 hide until she leaves and then exploding by myself. Um, So I definitely love that. And I can recommend opening up means that you always develop way, way, way stronger relationships, like ridiculously stronger. It's actually crazy how powerful I can create relationships now in comparison to what my relationships were like back then. So I love that one. I love that one so much. And so maybe then talk to us a little bit about what has life been like since you made that decision? Obviously, you went through that heartbreak. You dealt with that, that feeling. You processed through that yourself. What was life like after that?
1: Uh, I, I swung the pendulum pretty fucking hard, if I'm honest. So if you think again, the, how I was, I know it's not the same for everybody, how I was throughout that relationship, super codependent. And I had never known anything else. Like I said, I was like answering to my parents and then not that I was ever answering to him, but you're considering somebody else in a relationship. That's what a relationship is. Like I was never just standing on my own two feet. I was never fully independent. And I think that that was a bit of an itch that I felt really needed to be scratched as well, right? And definitely one of the compounding reasons as to why we separated. And then, so when we separated, I obviously had that period, as everybody does, of healing where you allow yourself to feel the hurt. And then after that, I went full independent mode. Like when, I know they talk a lot about it in the coaching industry, like the the masculine shield, where it's like, no one's coming near me. Like I literally was like, I am untouchable by a male, like not to say that I wasn't, um, I had a couple of like flings and, and I I started to date people when I moved to Hobart, I moved, uh, which is like three hours from my hometown. So I moved there, um, about six to seven months after we first separated. And that's when I started to, to date people and, and meet people again. And he, um, my ex had got into a new relationship as well. So, I think like that was like another wave of hurt and like, fuck, like that reality check, I guess. And so I was like, okay, well I can date. And uh, I look back on it now and like, whilst I definitely had fun and open to the capacity that I felt I could at the time, if I think about, yeah, the the connections that I have in my life right now and, and the level of depth I have now, I'm like, fuck, I had a wall up, like, oh my God. And really it's been in the last, like, So, yeah, when I say I swung to full independent mode, like I'm talking, I went all in on my business. I went all in on just my life and being like, who the fuck am I? Like, actually, who am I? And more so, who do I want to be? Because I genuinely felt like a bit of a shell of a human again. So it was like, okay, full survival mode. I actually get to decide where I want to go now and who I want to be. So what does that actually look like? And how can I start to actualize it and bring it into, into my reality? And so whilst I was like going along that path, again, it's just so self-absorbed in the best way, just so in my own energy, so in my own like, okay, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this and I want to do that. You don't come, you don't come, that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit. Constantly like casting aside connections that I was making. And I think it's really only been in the last six to eight months where that pendulum started to come back down to the center point and to not only be like that, balance of that masculine and feminine and be able to hold both but also to move through those attachment styles right I was quite anxiously attached in my relationship particularly the early years and it's like I can equate it to being young I, you can put the blame anywhere but it's just it is what it is right so it's like I was quite anxiously attached when we separated I, that was starting to swing right through to that avoidant right where I was like he doesn't want what I want so I'm not even going to bother talking about it. And then we separated and then I went full fucking avoidant. Like in terms of relationships, I was just like, yeah, I really want to meet somebody. And then putting in zero fucking effort, not actually putting in effort with people (laughs) that I did form some form of connection with because I was like so there and consciously and like what I know now it's funny, but like consciously I was like, yeah, like I want something and blah, blah, blah. Like leaning into that story that I was telling myself when knowing full well, like unconsciously huge walls up, like this, this poor guy's not getting anywhere near me to the point where guys would actually say like, are you ever going to let me in? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm so open. And I, I am like super open, I guess, with what I do, like through social media and stuff. Right. So I'm like, I'm open as like, what do you mean? Um, But realistically, I see now that I was not at all. And I was never letting people again, witness me in hardship was always like, it's easier if I just deal with this myself. It's easier if like, I'll save you the pain. And again, going into like full fucking martyr, like I'm doing everybody a favor. So you're doing no one a favor, Kate, because these people want to be close to you and you're refusing them the opportunity to just sit in it with you. Like you're actually like face them and being like, fuck off. I need to do this by myself. And I think what I've realized now is again, it's that pendulum swing from like codependent and anxiously attached all the way through to avoidant and super fucking independent with a huge masculine shield to now letting it swing back down into that center point again and being like, ah, oh, right. This is what being open actually feels like. Like this is what feeling securely attached actually feels like. This is what self-trust and safety feels like. But the thing is, if somebody was to highlight anything that I've just said to me at the time,
0: I wouldn't have listened Yeah. And I was just thinking that I was thinking it's so funny because again, as per usual with mine and your conversations, I relate so much in that super independent. I didn't date anyone. I didn't see anyone. Like I was just like, no, I don't have time for boys. Like I'm just going to focus on me and do my thing and heal myself and like figure it all out on my own. And same thing, there would be people who'd be like trying to get in and I'd be like, I am open as hell. Like, I don't know what you mean. Like, how am I not open to you? And the whole entire time I have my guard up. And I think that it does also come at that point of almost you have to swing to the other side to realize that that's also not what you want. Like when you go into a relationship and you're so secure in that relationship and you, you have those feelings of like, this is my forever to then going out of that and being like, okay, I need to create a new forever. You almost have to swing so far the other way so that you can then be like, actually, I definitely don't want that either. So I'm going to have to figure out how I can do what I actually want.
1: Absolutely. And that's really like, that is, you can map that across to anything in life. It's like when you think about, and if you like, look at human behavior, that is what we do. We go from one end, we swing it as hard as we can to the other, and then it comes back in. And you can even look at it from a like um, collective consciousness perspective. And an example that I was utilizing um, on socials a few weeks ago was our the way that we communicate from a day-to-day basis now, right? So back in the olden days, we had the pendulum hardcore on the side of intentionality. Because you weren't going to fucking tell someone what you have for breakfast in a letter that you're sending across the world. It's just not going to happen. And then, so now as technology's advanced collectively, we've swung the pendulum all the way through to the other side where it's super reactive. It's just like, there's almost zero intentionality because it's just in the moment. This is what I'm thinking right now. And I'm going to tell them right this second. Like we're not actually having any process. There's no bridge anymore. It's just boom, boom. Like there it is. Whereas now people are recognizing that through that lack of intentionality is there's a lack of connection, right? Because it's no longer a meaningful communication. It's just a, oh, I thought of you right now and, and I just wanted to say this to you right now. And then later being like, oh, actually, and then like changing our mind once we've internally processed. And now we're swinging to the center where it's like, how can we pull resources from both? How can we utilize this incredible ability to be so in the moment somebody across the other side of the world while still holding on to intentionality through our communication. And I mean, really it comes back to self-awareness, which in my opinion is the key to unlock fucking everything. But it's that ability, like if you look at it, yeah, in all different contexts, you can see that that it's always the pendulum swing. And it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't want until you until you have it. And then you go, oh hang on, (laughs) maybe not. And then you get to choose what elements do I want from both, knowing that I can hold both. It's like We've got to be able to swing it. If you think about that infinity loop, that paradox, it's like it has to keep moving. It can't can't stay stuck on one side because that's when shit hits the fan, quite literally.
0: Yeah. And it actually comes at a point of I think that so much more in my own world, and I'm really hoping and praying that it's in a lot of other people's world, especially if you are listening to this because you are, so you'll definitely be going through it there is so much ability to change at such a fast pace. And it's like to think that within a month, your whole life can look so completely different. And the only thing that you need to change is your own idea and that ego voice in your head or that 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 voice of reasoning I suppose um that guides you to what you actually want like even for me for example coming back from Christmas this year and then I was like actually I have everything that I wanted and that everything that I came here to the Gold Coast to do and now that I have it it's time for me to leave again and I was on the phone to one of my friends the other day and they were like what do you mean you're leaving like you were just home and you were talking about how much you love it there and I was like yeah, I do love it here and it's given me everything and now I want to change and do something else. It's actually that easy. Like you get to just make the decision and just go with it and trust that if you have that feeling that you want something else, there's something else out there that's even better than what you could actually imagine yourself doing right now. Because that's the thing like when me and my ex broke up, there was no way that I imagined my life would be where it is right now. I I actually couldn't imagine it. It wasn't even a thought in my head of what what would happen because we never know what's going to happen in the future. So if you hold that idea or that belief that whatever's coming for me is even better than what has been, you're always going to have that. Absolutely, and I love that. I love the whole notion
1: of this or something better, right? Where it's like, okay, I know that I can hold this, so what's coming is going to be better or it'll be the same. Cause I know that I'm not going to settle for less and you already know, like, this is actually something that somebody had like said to me right in the moment when I was, when I was going through that separation is that you already know how to get what you've got. You already know how to get what you've got. You already know you've got the tools and the resources to communicate what you need to do to like have like this relationship build to the capacity that you've been able to build it to. You already know how to get what you've got. So what have you got to lose? Like, so true. And if worse comes to, like, I remember one of my best friends saying to me, like, Kate, you've been thinking about this for so long. Really, it gets down to the point where it's like, you do it. And if you regret it in three months, six months time, then you fight like hell to get it back. And then if you can't get it back, too bad. Yeah. Like, you'll deal with that when we get to yeah. it. It's like, but really... There is no other option right now because it's all you're thinking about. It's taking up all of like this huge mental load is sitting on your shoulders. So just fucking do it already. And it's like, "Mm, interesting. But yeah, I love that. You already know how to get Mm -hmm. what you've got. You think about it in business and like all the things as well, right? It's like, huh. And it's like, it's phenomenal when I look across the course of my life because when magic has really happened for me, it's, I have this, beautiful ability to turn off the risk switch where I'm like, I'm going to turn that off. There's no risk. Like the only risk is not to to like doing the risky thing. Right. And it's like, and then I have these conversations with people in my life and they're like, what the fuck Kate? Like how are you comfortable doing that? And it's like, I have the biggest kink for uncertainty. Like I'm just like, bring it on. Like, I don't want to know what's next. I actually don't want to know. Like, don't make it predictable because I need to put a spanner in the works because I need it to have a level of uncertainty because I'm so obsessed with the journey. I don't want to know what it looks like. Like I want to be able to be so present and be like, what comes next? Like what's next? And even, and kind of like similar to you, Zach, saying you just moved there. What do you mean? It's like, I've been on the Gold Coast now for almost three months and I'm already like, hmm, like I told myself I'd stay six (laughs) months minimum. And I'm like, am I going to go somewhere else? Like, am I going to go international? And it's like, and I like part of me again, it's the paradox, right? I love that about me. And at the same time, like part of me fucking hates it. Cause I'm like, bitch, can you stop planting these seeds in your brain? Like, can you just like chill out? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's just not me. It's not me. Like I am this adventurous soul and I love spontaneity and I love growth and expansion. And I love, I'm obsessed with my own evolution and helping other people within their own evolution that it's just the most magical thing. And I'm not sure, Sax, if you've ever um, come across it or heard of it, brilliant book. It's called Earth is Hiring by Peter Kelly. Have you you heard it? No. No, I've never heard of it. I've got a copy somewhere. You have to borrow it. There's like beautiful analogies, and I'm such a visual person, beautiful analogies throughout it, and there's this one specific one that has always stuck with me. And she talks about a, a tap, like a garden tap, right? and you've got a hose attached to it. And I don't know if you ever did this when you were younger, when you're playing with the hose with like, I was always doing it with my sisters, my big sisters and my cousins, and you're like spraying each other with a hose. And then if you want to stop it, you kink it. And so you put a kink in the hose and you fold it on itself and the water stops. So what she talks about in this analogy is that this is life, right? And the flow of water is abundance. It's all the good things we could ever possibly want. It's the success. It's the love. It's the happiness. It's the like the experiences, the spontaneity, the adventure, everything, right? And what happens is we kink our own fucking hose. And people go, well, how do I unkink my hose? How do I get back into that flow? And the answer is you already know. You already know if you sit with yourself for more than five seconds and avoid getting distracted by TikTok and Instagram and like the like doom scrolling you will know the answer to that question of what the kink in your hose is and there's no magic formula as to how to unkink it because you already know how to do that as well all it is is a massive injection of courage to do the fucking thing and then know that okay i'm okay after this and this is where and like a bit of a controversial opinion right as as a coach to be like (laughs) you actually don't need me you already know exactly what it is you need to do You already know exactly what it is that needs to happen for you to have a better life right now. What makes a coach so amazing along that journey is you've got somebody holding your fucking hand that's going to be able to help lead you through it. Like, but you're the one that's mapping it out, right? You're the one that's saying, you're putting into Google Maps, this is the destination. It's like a coach is there to help you like reroute as necessary if you go a little bit off course. But it's like, you're the one that's putting the destination. Like it's so... And it's, like, beautiful. And the thing is, I think, and you probably feel this as well, Saks, with people that work with you. It's, like, sometimes I feel people can initially come into the world of of a coach and have some little inkling of them be, like, please just, like, fix everything for me (laughs) for them to feel that way towards their coach. And the reality is you don't want them to because this feeling of pride, this feeling of, like, anchored self-trust and self-love and just like obsession with my own journey has come from me being the one to do the things it's like sure people have helped me out and given me advice and wisdom along the way and that's perfect and it's not your journey if someone else is jumping in and doing the steps for you right like you actually want to be the one to do it because the feeling on the other side of it is fucking phenomenal like it's the best feeling in the world. And you just, again, you have to anchor in hardcore to that trust that you can walk that bridge and get there. Cause you can like, of course you can. Yeah. It's
0: that belief. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even be in your journey if you weren't able to do it. Yeah. I
1: love that. And I love the whole notion of like, and this has really helped me, I think uh, across the course of my life, um, little notions, like what I'm about to share, because if I think about the level of ambition that I have so many times across the course of my life, I've like been like, I'm fucking crazy. What do you mean? Like, I'm actually fucking crazy. Why would I want different to what I have right now? And there's almost been a level of, um, like internal shame around my level of ambition that I have and my ability to want to strive for more. And I heard like this and this really helped me. And that's, if if the seed is planted, it's planted specifically for you because there's not one bit of me. I can sit here and tell you there is not one bit of me that wants to be an Olympian in any sport. Like I'm the most uncoordinated person. Like it's just like, it's not my vibe. Like it's actually the worst. It's the worst for me. If I was to think about that, no, like not even a little bit of me wants to do that. So it's like, if I'm to talk to somebody and they're like, I want to be like, I fucking love javelin and I want to be an Olympian at it. I'm like, you can do that. Like you can absolutely do that because there's not even a little bit of me that wants to do that. And there's not even a little bit of the next person that wants to do that. And this is what makes us so like magically unique. It's like lean into those little internal, like, fuck, I really want to do that. If you can't stop thinking about it, start doing it. Like start taking the action steps for it. Like that is your higher self. That is your self-actualization. That is your gift that you are like innately given And it's your fucking responsibility to deliver that to the world. Like it is on you. Like find pride and joy in that as opposed to feeling buried underneath Mm -hmm. the shame and like responsibility of it, right? Like shake that dirt off that you're assuming is on top of you and stand on it and go after what you know Mm -hmm. is already yours. Like it's already yours. You just have to shake it off and and get on with it.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that what people don't realize is that like society's expectations is that dirt that's on your back. And the only people that are controlling society's expectations are people in like government bodies or those sort of like higher up where it's actually beneficial for them to have people running the system the system doesn't work unless people are running it so if they're that's their system then of course that's what they're going to be trying to get you into and the system doesn't always equate to the system of the universe and being able to follow your higher self you will always be happier always Absolutely.
1: And I think about in like, in that context as well, again, I'm super visual. I think about if you look across society, it's like people are not even, I don't really like utilizing the term waking up. I don't think people are necessarily asleep, but if people are on that, like autopilot of their life, right? Like the lights are turning on at different times. In terms of like, oh, I'm going to go chase Uh my dream. Oh, that person's going to go chase their dream. That person's going to go chase their dream. And guess what's catching up with us at rapid speed so that we're able to do that? Technology. Like, wasn't that long ago that we didn't have that we had to go through a person to check out with our groceries? Now it's done by a computer. Like, the world is supporting the human evolution so that we're actually able to go after our dreams and do the things that we want to do. It's like, trust that. And, stop making excuses, (laughs) and like go and do the thing Like, be the person to do the thing. Like I think about a world that I like envision that I like wish for my lifetime. And it is that like intergenerational change through this unwavering sense of self-belief and this like inner knowing people are like fucking off those limiting beliefs and they're anchoring into their inner knowing of this is who I am. This is what I'm here for. And they're going out there and they're actualizing it. It's like, we can have that. We can do that but everybody has to do their part. like everybody has to go okay I'm awake now I've, I've like I feel the thing, I can hear the voice I like it's time to actually move now and if you're like listening to this and that yeah. applies to your career or a relationship or whatever it might be, know that there are people around you that have been there too. There are people here that are willing to hold you and witness you through it. Please we beg you, please <laughs>
0: just unkink the hose. Uh, Thank you so much, Katie, for coming on and sharing a little bit about your journey and your story. It's been an absolute blessing. And I know that everyone would have got so much value out of it because even I've got so much value out of it. And we've had conversations about this already, which is my favorite, favorite part about getting you on to share a little bit more. So thank you so much again for coming on and sharing with us today. Thank you so much for. Of course, of course. And so I'll pop all of your links down in the show notes as well. Where is the best place for people to find you if they want to look at a little bit more of your stuff?
1: Easiest way as always is our dear friend Instagram. So my handle is at katie (laughs) underscore Walker, which I'm sure Sax will pop in. Um, But yeah, that's definitely the easiest way. I think it's funny when you hear things like this and um, like people will like more than often than not go and have a little stalk, right? It's like, send me a message. Like, If something today has resonated, please send me a message, land in my DMs. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I love, love having conversations like this. And I think the more that we normalize these kind of conversations of growth and change and normalizing the fact that it's not all sunshine and rainbows, like the more it is, like better it is for everybody, right? Whether you're experiencing it right now or you've experienced it yourself, it's like, it's just nice to know that we're like like this little gang, you know? (laughs) It's like, So land on
0: in and actually have a conversation with me because I would love, love, love to chat. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you again so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I'm sure I say this all the time. I love all my guests. I'm sure we'll have you back to speak about something else as life constantly evolves and changes. But again, thank you so much. It's so much appreciated.